There have been many tellings of the stories and legends of St. George and the Dragon, but probably the most succinct and epic, in my opinion, is that of Blessed Jacobus de Vorain in his Golden Legend. Greetings and welcome to the Latin Prayer Podcast, where we explore the beauty and richness of traditional Latin prayers and customs of the Roman Catholic Church. I have some exciting news to share with you today. I have partnered with fisheaters.com, and as some of you already know, it is a wonderful website that offers a wealth of resources on traditional Catholicism. I am now able to use their content as source material for some of my episodes. I want to thank Tracy, the owner and creator of fisheaters.com, for her generosity and support in this collaboration. This means that in addition to the content that I already provide, I will begin to work on offering the wonderful content from fisheaters.com in audio format, so you can expect more episodes from me covering a variety of topics related to the Latin prayers and the Catholic faith. If you would like to support fisheaters.com directly, I've included a link in the show notes. I hope you are as excited as I am about this new venture, and I look forward to sharing more with you in the coming weeks. And now, let's dive into today's episode. I had planned to release this automatically on the Feast of St. George, however, my previous recording session was interrupted and hijacked, so I was not able to complete it. That's why you are getting this nearly six days later. For those of you that missed our last episode, we talked about St. George and the Dragon, and I referenced Jacobus de Vorain. He was an Italian chronicler and Archbishop of Genoa. He was the author of or more accurately, the compiler of The Golden Legend, which is a collection of legendary lives of the greater saints of the medieval church, and it was one of the most popular religious works of the Middle Ages. He lived and died in the 1200s and was beatified on the 11th of May, 1816, Genoa by Pope Pius VII. His feast is the 13th of July. So let's dive into Blessed Jacobus de Verain's Golden Legend of St. George, his battle with the dragon, and the remainder of his life. St. George was a knight and born in Cappadocia. One time, he came to the city of Silene in the province of Libya. Near this city was a pond, wherein there was a dragon which was poisoning all the country. Whenever he approached the city, he poisoned the people with his breath, and therefore the people of the city gave to him every day two sheep to eat so that he would do no harm to the people. When they ran out of sheep, he was given a man and a sheep. Then an ordinance was made that the children and young people of the town should be chosen by lottery to feed the dragon. Whoever the lot fell upon, wealthy or poor, he or she was delivered to the dragon. One time the lot fell upon the king's daughter, and the sorrowful king said to his people, For the love of the gods, take gold and silver and all that I have, but let me have my daughter. They said, Sir, you have made the law, and our children are now dead, but you would do the contrary? Your daughter shall be given, or else we shall burn you and your house. Seeing that he could do no more, the king began to weep and said to his daughter, Now I shall never see you married. Then he returned to the people and asked for eight days' respite, which they granted to him. When the eight days were past, 
they came to him and said, You see that the city is perishing. Then the king and his daughter, dressed like a bride, embraced and kissed her, gave her his blessing, and then led her to the place where the dragon was. When she was there, St. George passed by, and seeing the lady, he asked her what she was doing there. She said, Go your way, fair young man, lest you perish as well. And then he said, Tell me, why are you weeping? When she saw that he insisted on knowing, she told him how she had been delivered to the dragon. Then St. George said, Fair daughter, doubt not, for I shall help you in the name of Jesus Christ. She said, For God's sake, good knight, go your way, for you cannot save me. While they were thus talking together, the dragon appeared and came running toward them. St. George, who was on his horse, drew his sword, made the sign of the cross, and then rode swiftly toward the dragon. He struck him with his spear, injuring him severely. Then he said to the maid, Tie your belt around the dragon's neck, and be not afraid. When she had done so, the dragon followed her meekly. She led him into the city, and the people fled in fear. St. George said to them, Doubt not, believe in God and Jesus Christ, and be baptized, and I shall slay the dragon. Then the king and all his people were baptized, whereupon St. George killed the dragon and cut off his head. It took four ox carts to remove the dragon's body from the city. At that time, 15,000 men were baptized, not counting women and children. The king established a church there in honor of Our Lady and of St. George, in which there flows to this day a fountain of living water that heals sick people who drink from it. The king offered to St. George as much money as he could count, but he refused it, asking instead that it be given to the poor people for God's sake. Then he made four requests of this king, that he, the king, should have charge of the churches, that he should honor the priests, that he should hear their service diligently, and that he should have pity on the poor people. Then St. George took leave of the king and departed. Now at this time Diocletian and Maximian were emperors, and under them there was such great persecution of Christians that within a month Twenty-two thousand were martyred. For this reason, some were so afraid that they denied God and sacrificed to the idols. Seeing this, St. George abandoned his knight's raiment, sold all that he had, gave it to the poor, and put on the raiment of a Christian brother. He went into the midst of the pagans and began to cry, The gods of the pagans and Gentiles are devils! My God made the heavens, and is the only God. Then the provost, whose name was Dacian, said to him, How can you say that our gods are devils? Tell us who you are. He answered, I am named George. I am a gentleman, a knight of Cappadocia, and I have left all in order to serve the God of heaven. The provost attempted with words to convert St. George, 
to his faith, and failing to do so, had St. George beaten with iron rods until his body was broken in pieces, and then sent to prison. Our Lord appeared to him that same night and comforted him sweetly. Seeing that St. George would not surrender to his torments, the provost had his sorcerer prepare a powerful poison mixed with wine, which they gave to St. George. He took it, made the sign of the cross on it, and drank it. It did him no harm. The sorcerer then made an even more powerful poison. St. George drank this as well, and it did him no harm. The sorcerer then knelt before St. George and begged him to make him a Christian. Seeing that his own sorcerer had converted to Christianity, the provost cut off his head. The provost had St. George placed between two wheels mounted with swords, but the wheels broke, and St. George remained unharmed. Then the provost had him thrown into a cauldron filled with molten lead, but St. George sat there comfortably, as if he were in a warm bath. At last, the provost said to St. George, Our gods are patient and forgiving. Abandon your folly and make sacrifices to our gods, and great honor will come to you. St. George replied, Why did you not say so earlier? I am ready to do as you request. So the provost called all the people together to witness the conversion of their prisoner. St. George fell to his knees, but instead of worshipping the pagan gods, he called upon the Lord God of heaven to destroy their temple and their idols. Immediately, fire descended from heaven, burning the temple, the idols, and their priests. Then the earth opened and swallowed all the cinders and ashes that were left. Then the provost was so angry that he said to his wife, I shall die of anger if I cannot overcome this man. She replied, Evil and cruel tyrant, do you not see the great virtue of the Christian people? I told you that you should not do them any harm, for their God fights for them. Know well that I will become Christian. Much abashed, the provost said to her, You will be a Christian? Then taking her by the hair, he beat her cruelly. Then she asked St. George, What will become of me? I have not yet been baptized. He answered, Doubt not, fair daughter, for you shall be baptized in your own blood. She began to worship our Lord Jesus Christ, then died and went to heaven. The next morning, the provost had St. George beheaded. This was about the year of our Lord 287. As the provost was returning homeward from the place where St. George was beheaded, fire fell down from heaven consuming him and all his servants. Gregory of Tours tells that some who were carrying certain relics of St. George came into a certain oratory in a hospital. On the morning when they were to depart, they could not open the door until they had left there part of their relics. It is also found in the history of Antioch that when the Christians went to conquer Jerusalem, that a fair young man appeared to a priest and counseled him that he should bear with him some of the relics of St. George, for he was conductor of the battle. And during the siege of Jerusalem, 
St. George, with his white armor and red cross, led them to victory. Between Jerusalem and the port of Jaffa, near a town called Ramus, is a chapel of St. George which is now desolate and in ruins. The body of St. George, but not the head, lies in this chapel. There too lie his father, his mother, and his uncle, not in the chapel, but under the wall of the chapel. The caretakers will not allow pilgrims to enter unless they pay two ducats, and therefore only a few come inside, instead making their offerings outside the chapel at an altar. The body of St. George lies in the middle of the choir of this chapel, and in his tomb is a hole, allowing a man to put his hand inside it. When a mad person is brought there, and, if he puts his head into the hole, he shall immediately be made perfectly whole, and again have his understanding. This blessed and holy martyr St. George is patron of this realm of England and the cry of men of war. The noble order of the garter was founded in his worship, and also a noble college in the castle of Windsor, where rests the heart of St. George, which Sigismund, the emperor of Germany, brought and gave for a great and precious relic to King Harry V. Also, there is a piece of his head. This college is nobly endowed to the honor and the worship of Almighty God and his blessed martyr St. George. Let us pray unto him that he be special protector and defender of this realm. St. George, pray for us. This is taken from the Golden Legend or Lives of the Saints, compiled by Blessed Jacobus de Vorain, Archbishop of Genoa, 1275. Should you wish to reference the source material yourself, I have included a link to the medieval source book, The Golden Legend of St. George, in the show notes below. I'd like to thank you for joining me for another episode. I'd like to give special mention to all of our patrons, most especially Michelle Lopez, who is our newest patron. Thank you for your kindness. And before we end today's episode, I would like to pray for our wonderful patrons, for their family members, and their intentions. So please join me. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater nostra qui es in celi sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos a malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. In nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So until our next episode, may God love all of you, and Our Lady keep you.